At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. A warm welcome to Lucky Las Vegas for Cusco Soups with myself, Greg Ames Peterson. Now part of the Decent Family Podcast, we've got a great podcast for you guys. We're going to be joined in segment number two by Sean Paul. He does great work over at the Field of 68 along with Mount Westwire. We're going to be chatting with him about a lot of these big NBA draft decisions that we are going to be seeing and some of the ones that we've already seen. Kevin McCullough going back to Kansas is one that is top of mind. P.J. Hall's return to Clemson certainly is of impact as well. And then we did see on Friday the fact that Colorado State, they are going to be getting Isaiah Stevens back in the fold. That, in my opinion, was one of the more impactful ones in relation to their respective team and all of college basketball. So we're going to be diving in on that and so much more. Going to be keeping it to two segments just because, well, we have been getting a little bit of a shortage of news and notes in college basketball because we're in right now holdout mode for these NBA draft decisions and once we get these NBA draft decisions I do think that we're going to get a much better lay of the land in terms of college basketball so we are all waited with bated breath on those and thus we've got a lot of teams waiting with what they're going to be doing in the transfer portal and if you do have a question comment segment idea what have you for this podcast you do have one of two ways we offer those in First one is my Twitter timeline, at gnet underscore d1. Keep in mind, letters EM, they mean us not matter, so as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. The other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, you're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. Really did not get in any Twitter questions today, but we did see a few moves in college basketball on Friday. The biggest one, I mentioned it, Isaiah Stevens. He has decided that he is going to be returning to Colorado State. He had a massive season last year for Colorado State. Now, we're going to be discussing with our good friend Sean Paul if we're going to see a little bit of better defense played by Colorado State this upcoming season. That was killer for them, but for Stevens, nearly 18 points, 6.7 assists to 2.2 turnovers per contest. Shot from three-point range, 38%, 86% at the free throw line. He was able to check all the boxes. Does, once again, need to improve a little bit with his defense as just as a team. It was a case where Colorado State wasn't great on defense. They do need a little bit more rebounding. It's not a single guy on the roster at 5-plus rebounds per contest last season. But I do feel like they've done a good job here in the offseason of being able to address some of those issues. Bringing in someone like Aniqua Clifford, who is playing over at Colorado last season, being able to get him within the state. That's a very good gift for them, and I do think that Colorado State, they've got upward momentum 
And Amon West, I think, is going to be a little bit further down from what it was a season ago. Certainly San Diego State still going to be rock solid. I still don't think that they're going to be quite on par with what we saw from them last season and be able to make back-to-back runs to a national title game. But I do think that for Colorado State, the arrow is trending upward. The big question is, what are you going to be able to get around Isaiah Stevens to be able to help him out as Patrick Cartier last season was a relatively solid transfer that was able to come in, hold down the fort, give this team some nice versatility. Needs to do a little bit more on the rebounding front, but they also did bring in Javante Johnson, who I like as a 6'6", a little bit of a combo player as well. So we shall see what happens there. And then Joel Scott for Black Hills State. He was absolutely tremendous for them as well. We did see another guy decide that he was going to be returning to school with Frankie Collins deciding to withdraw from the NBA draft. I'm not too surprised with this one. I recognize that Frankie Collins was a relatively highly touted prospect coming out of high school, but I mean, he was a solid player for Arizona State this last year. Nine and a half points, four assists, a little bit over a steal per contest, shot 34% from three-point range. Not good enough on offense, in my opinion, to really go into the NBA draft quite yet. And I mean, that was really what Arizona State was last season. They were a very good defensive team on offense. They were leaving a little bit of something to be desired. They are going to need to rebrand that backcourt a little bit more with the Cambridge brothers bolting the program. But I think that they've done a good job of being a retool as well. They also lose DJ Turnit up horn, but they bring in a lot of size. Bringing in someone like a Zane Meeks who's able to pop some threes, I think is a relatively good ad. Adam Miller needs to be a little bit more efficient, but he's a guy that's able to pop it from three-part range as well. So I'm very intrigued to see what Arizona State is going to be able to do with Frankie Collins really now having to be the guy that does a little bit of everything out there in the backcourt. And then we did see Tyler Thomas decide that he is going to be returning to Hofstra. He was able to have a nice year last year for the Pride. They're going to be without Aaron Estrada this year as he decided that he was going to be moving to the SEC, but they're going to be getting back Thomas, who had 16.5 points. Wasn't necessarily much of a facilitator, but as shown in the past at Sacred that he is able to do it right around three assists per contest. Shot 40% from three-point range. Really like his overall game, so that is going to be tremendous for Hofstra, as I do think that they're going to be one of the top teams in the CAA once again this season. Then the guy that is going to be as good as gone, Olivier Maximitz Prosper. He decided that he is going to be staying in the NBA draft, and this is a big deal for a Marquette team that has not brought in a single prospect here in the offseason. They are very much a team that's looking to build from within, and with Prosper, I mean, he was very prosperous. Now, I don't think that this is going to be one of those like doomsday scenarios for Marquette or anything like that. You would like to be able to keep your entire roster intact, but I felt like Prosper really had his moments towards back half the season last year. Overall, 12.5 points per contest. Shot about 34% from three, but I thought he had great value on the defensive side of things as well. Was able to pull in there right around 4.5 rebounds per contest for Prosper. Was from time to time a little bit more hit or miss, but towards back half of the season, he was really able to show his worth. The last seven games of the campaign, he was able to give the team right in the neighborhood about 12.5 points per contest, so he was able to do a good job towards back half of the season. Was a little bit sluggish in the middle, but front half, back half of the campaign, he was really at his best. And when it comes to the transfer portal, really not a lot happened. You saw one move with Peyton Daniels. He was at Jacksonville State this last season. He decided that he is going to be entering into the transfer portal. And he's a guy, in my opinion, with quite a bit of upside. Last season, he was able to put up right around 6.5 points per contest. Shot 37% from three-point range at Jacksonville State, but 
I do think that he's a guy with a little bit of just more upside because he has been robbed of a lot of playing time the last few seasons due to injury. Began his career at Vanderbilt, a former top 250 recruit. Had to go down a level just because he was unable to stay out there on the floor. While I was at Vanderbilt, he was probably going to be a guy that Vanderbilt was going to build their backcourt around a few seasons ago before he decided to bolt in, before the injuries really decided to take hold. So we shall see what happens there, and we shall see what happens with these NBA draft decisions. Sean Paul is a guy that does a great job of following this great game of college basketball. He's going to be joining me next with his expectations of what is going to be happening with some of these player decisions. We're going to be taking a look at the ones that we've already seen of impact and which teams have the most to gain or lose over the next week or so as well. That's up next right here on Cusco Seats with myself, Craig Peters, and now a part of Pizza Family Market. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. 
Are you ready to become a winning sports better? Schedule a call with SBIA to find out how their service can make you a long-term winning player. They've developed an innovative algorithm that maximizes units return, and they are so confident in their system that they offer a money-back guarantee. Sign up by October 31st and get their NBA package at no cost until they reach 10 net units. They treat sports betting like a business. So if you want to learn how to make your sports betting dreams a reality, visit them at SBIA1.com and check them out on social media at SBIA Sports. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for Coast to Coast Eats with myself, Greg Eats Peters, and now part of the Visa Family Podcast. It is great to be joined by our guest, Sean Paul. He does absolutely tremendous work taking a look at the great game of college basketball. He is the host of the Field of 68's mid-major show. He does a great job writing over at Mount West Wire. He, much like myself, out here on the West Coast, doing an amazing job taking a look at this game of college basketball that we all know and love. And to be able to follow Sean Paul on Twitter, that is at Sean Paul CBB, that is S-E-A-N on Sean. And it's always great to have you aboard, Sean. Thank you so much for joining me. Always glad to join you, Greg. We've got a lot of college basketball to discuss from this week, don't we? Yes, we certainly do. And I mentioned it. You are a man that does a great job over at Mountain West Wire. And we did see a big decision for the Mountain West happen on Friday. The fact that Isaiah Stevens, he is going to be returning to school. I know that we were very much on the fence on this one. I was fearing that that last second heave that did not go for him out at the Thomas and Max Center in the Mountain West tournament might be the last that we saw from him. But what does this mean for Colorado State and really the entirety of the Mountain West because we saw the draft decisions not go the way of Colorado State with David Roddy last offseason. This time, it does go their way. Yeah, this situation is a little different because Roddy was getting drafted no matter what. It was just a little, depending on whether it was the first round, like he ended up going to the Grizzlies or second round pick. But the situation is different because Stevens wasn't going to be a first round pick. He wasn't going to be drafted. I do think he could have gotten like an Exhibit 10 contract or maybe a two-way contract. I kind of look at his NBA prospects as similar to Jamari Bouye from San Francisco last year. They're different players, but kind of on the same scale. And I think Stevens returning similar to what Bouye did is very uh, smart for their careers. But Stevens, I mean, he missed the start of the season with an injury, came back relatively soon. I believe he had a broken foot or some kind of broken bone and ended up coming back fairly early at 18 points per game, seven uh, assists per game, top five in the country in assists per game. 46% 46% from the field, 38% from deep. This was a guy that was expected to become a star last year. He really did. The team just wasn't very good as a whole, but he kept them very competitive. I mean, let's look at what he did in the Mountain West tournament against San Diego State. He struggled from the field 5 for 20. He still managed to get eight assists and had 16 points, and Colorado State nearly beat San Diego State. That was a team that was talented enough around him. Like, we had John Tanjay, obviously, there for Colorado State, and the transfers to Mizzou. They have a lot of pieces around him, still like Patrick Cartier, who's going to be a front court piece for them, was very solid and efficient last year. You have Joel Scott coming in from the D2 level. You have several other wing pieces around, like Dominique Clifford coming in from Colorado, Javante Johnson staying in the league from New Mexico. So you have a lot of different pieces there. But what it comes down to is Isaiah Stevens makes everybody around him better. So they don't have the David Roddy kind of talent with him, but he's going to be the best player in the Mountain West next season. He just makes every single player around him better. I think Colorado State has a real chance to make the tournament. I'm not going to project it that way. I think they're probably the third or fourth best team in the Mountain West, but I do like this team quite a bit. Absolutely, and I do think that the biggest key for Colorado State as well, just being able to improve that defense a little bit as well. I'm not sure what you've made out of the roster moves that Colorado State has made during the offseason, but I think that it's been really interesting The Colorado State has not been shy of going down to the D2 ranks. You mentioned Patrick Cartier. He was a guy that was a guy that moved up from the non-D1 level up to the D1 level. 
They've had quite a bit of success there. And I do think that what we've been seeing in the, the offseason has been Colorado State trying to focus on playing a little bit more defense. And I think that that's going to pay dividends for them when it comes to the Mountain West season. Absolutely. I mean, Cartier is a guy that can defend inside. Uh, Clifford was a great defender in the Pac-12. Obviously, that's going to translate to a lesser level in that conference. And Johnson's a solid overall player as a 3 and D threat. But the biggest piece was getting Stevens back. They got Stevens back. I think they'll be able to figure it out a little bit defensively. But this is one of the five best point guards in the country. Like, this is one of the biggest draft decisions we've seen all offseason. And he coming back, I mean, he could have played anywhere in the country. Let's not sugarcoat this. He's a Texas native. You think Houston or Texas or Texas Tech wouldn't have gladly taken him had he entered the transfer portal? I think we'd all be foolish to say that there probably wasn't coaches that were contacting Stevens to try to get him to enter the portal. Obviously, tampering is a thing everywhere in college basketball, but if uh, we would all be a little bit foolish to believe that nobody was tampering with Stevens, I would say. So he ends up staying at Colorado State. That's a loyal move and just a great move overall for the conference. Yep, I do agree with you. I think that this is absolutely massive for the Mountain West. I think that this is massive for Colorado State as well. So we've got John Paul. He does a great job over at the Mountain West Wire, along with Field of 68. He's joining me right here on Coast to Coast Soups. And then one of the bigger decisions that we saw from the last few days as well, P.J. Hall deciding that he is going to be staying with Clemson. Now, I thought he was going to be returning. I didn't know necessarily what his NBA prospects were, but I think that Clemson has had a really interesting offseason. Being able to retain P.J. Hall, I think, is absolutely massive. They get Joe Girard in from Syracuse as well. With He's going to need to improve that defense a little bit, but certainly as a guy that is able to do a good job at the point guard spot, what are your expectations for Clemson coming into this year? Because they've been an interesting team in the ACC the last few years, an ACC that it feels like it's a little bit more round, well-rounded, but still is a little bit of a top-heavy conference. This feels like another make-or-break season for Brad Brownell. We saw that a couple of years ago, and what they end up doing, they made the NCAA tournament. That team was fraudulent the whole year, though. Like I never felt comfortable with that team making a deep run. They were really good as a defensive team and nothing else. This year, I expect them to be pretty much opposite of that. But this year, uh, on paper, I mean, they were 82nd in offensive efficiency, 61st in defensive efficiency. They're losing Hunter Tyson, who was such an important player to them. He had a great year, one of the better players in the ACC. But Hall coming back is everything for this team. Gerard, great shooter. We know what he is. I don't think he has any room to improve defensively because he's just not that good on that end. But Jake Hydebreeder coming in from Air Force, another guy who can't defend, but he is a great shooter. You get Chase Hunter back. I think there's a lot of pieces here for Clemson to work with. I think they're really just going to have to buy in on being a great offensive team. And whatever happens defensively happens. I think that could be uh, a similar to what we saw last year with Miami. Like they were terrible defensively, but they made it work with how good they were offensively. That's what I would like to see from them this season. But a guy like Jack Clark coming over from NC State, he's going to be an important piece for them starting at the four. Their depth probably isn't up to snuff, but I think overall this team has a lot of talent. They have more scholarships to work with. I think they're a borderline tournament team. I'm not going to call them a surefire tournament team because the guards, they're solid. I like Hunter. I like Gerard. I like Jack Clark at the four. I like Hyde Breeder, but the depth isn't great. And outside of the top three, I'm not really sure what we have there from an overall skill standpoint. No doubt about it. I do think that it's going to be interesting to gauge them in an ACC in which you've got a very nice top. And then from there, it's just a lot of question marks, to say the least. And Sean, when it comes to the NBA draft decisions that we've seen thus far, because we've got a lot of them that 
They are going to need to come off the board within the next few days. Have there been any surprises that you've noticed, either someone that you thought was going to be coming back for sure deciding to stay in the NBA draft, or someone that maybe you thought they were as good as gone deciding to return? I mean, Greg, these days is anything really surprising in in the sport of college basketball. We all love it, but I don't think anything's surprising. (laughs) But I will say, I I give a lot of credit to Omax Cross for the way he was able to grow his draft stock in the last three weeks. Some of this is smoke screens, like it always is in the draft. But in Omax Prosper's case, I think he was a little underrated to begin with. And I think he's really played himself into the top 40 of the NBA draft. He's going to get drafted. He's going to be a really good player in the NBA just with his versatility, his ability to shoot the ball. He's just grown so much from a young freshman at Clemson to being a very integral player for Marquette, one of the top teams in the country last season. And Marquette, obviously, that's a huge blow for them. But it's not like they're completely in the dark and and weren't prepared for this. I'm sure they were prepared internally. And they have two really good players that can replace him. David Joplin became a really important shooter last year, played 19 minutes a game, shot 39% from deep. He's able to play the three or four. I would expect him to probably open the season starting at the four. But the guy I'm really intrigued in is Ben Gold, who's going to be a sophomore next season. Australian, super athletic, and shoot the ball. I think he's an NBA player in the future, too. So that's a guy to watch out for because he's going to be a star at Marquette. Yeah, Ben Gold is someone that was able to come in off the bench, was able to hit some shots for this Marquette team last season. So they're a team that I'm very much going to be looking at as well as Sean Paul, who does great work over at the Field of 68. is joining me right here on Coast Coast Hoops. And no doubt about it, we've got some big decisions that are going to be made within the next few days. And out of the teams that have a lot of big decisions, or a few that come to the top of the list that have really a lot to gain slash a lot to lose over the next few days. Because I take a look at Creighton, I've got a little mm-hmm. bit of star around them. Trey Alexander, I think, is one of the biggest question marks as of right now. Because I think Ryan Kalkbrenner returns, but if you're able to get both of those guys back, that'd be massive for them. No doubt about it. The Dylan Mitchell decision for Texas, that's going to be big as well. What are a few that really come to mind for you? Creighton's obviously possibly the biggest one. It's a little less of a thing now with Arthur Kaluma definitely not returning to school. He's going to transfer or he's going to stay in the draft. But getting Alexander and Kyle Brenner back, that goes from putting them as a top 10 team if those two are back with Stephen Ashworth coming in, or it could make them an unranked team entirely if both are gone. But the biggest one for me is Illinois because the Big Ten is going to be really weird next season. I don't love a lot of the top end teams outside of the Michigan States and the Purdue's. Illinois could really sneak into that top three, top four range if both TJ Shannon and Coleman Hawkins return. I think Hawkins is more of the pro prospect than Shannon. And we kind of know what Shannon is at this point. Great athlete. He can go off on scoring bunches like he did against UCLA, I believe, in Vegas earlier last season. He's just a great college player, and I think he has a chance to make an impact at the NBA level, but I think it's kind of like prospect fatigue at this point. Earlier in his career at Texas Tech, I think everybody was like, okay, at some point this guy's going to be an NBA level player. I'm not sure he's ever going to be that. But Coleman Hawkins, with everything he's able to do on a basketball court, defend everybody on the court. He's become an okay shooter, great athlete, great passer for his position. I think if those two return, Illinois has a chance to be a top 10 team in the country next season. I do think that that is a massive one to take a look at because with Illinois, you mentioned it, the Big Ten, it's just not necessarily so great. And do you think that we're going to see a lot of these centers come back once again this year, like much like we've seen in the past few years? Because I know that Drew Timmy, Oscar Shibway, they were guys with big draft decisions last offseason. They decided to come back because the NIL money is relatively solid where they are at. Meanwhile, with this day and age in the NBA for guys that are more, shall we say, traditional big men. There's just not yeah. as much of a role for them. Do you think that we could see that once again with the likes of Zach Eady, Ryan Kalkbrenner, and company? 
I think Kalik Brenner actually has a decent chance to stick in the NBA for a little bit with the way he's able to defend and move defensively. And obviously he's a good loft threat and maybe he becomes a shooter at some point. I'm not betting on that, but who knows? You never know with NBA development. I think he's more of a pro prospect than Zach Eady is, to be honest. But I think Eady comes back. I think there's a chance Sheepway comes back. I think Cal Brenner comes back. I think those big three return. Sheepways is the biggest question mark because at this point, he's going to be in his fifth year of college. At some point, does he just want to move on with his life and just be done with college entirely? I think he's graduated by now. But will he make more money at Kentucky than he will be playing professionally this year? I think that question is unequivocally yes. I mean, he's playing at Kentucky. He's won a National Player of the Year award. He'll be returning for his second season of college after winning a National Player of the Year award. Those are just not really things you see in today's world of college basketball. But if Oscar Sheeway comes back, I think that will have a giant impact on college basketball. And I think that Sheeway might have his best season in college this year because, you know, those young guards like Rob Dillingham and DJ Wagner and Justin Edwards, those guys are going to get shots up. And someone has to be there to clean up the misses because, you know, those three are probably going to shoot below 40 percent from the field. They're going to get them up and they're going to miss a lot of them. They're going to make a lot of them. But someone's going to have to be there to clean up their mess. And I think that guy's going to be Oscar Sheepway. Yep, I do think that Oscar Sheepway is going to be going back to school as well. And I think what is also of impact as well is Sean Paul. He does a great job over at the Field of 68 along with Mount West Wires. Joining me on Coast Coast Hoops is also Antonio Reeves because I think mm-hmm. that we know with Oscar Sheeway, he is a big-time impact guy, and I think that he's going to be coming back. But I do think that Antonio well, Reeves I, is I a big did, question. I did see on Twitter the other day about Reeves. Yeah, I don't know if you're, uh, you said uh, you think he's coming back. Let me interrupt there. But I did see some reports that maybe he's not. Yeah, because he's right now on the fence because I thought he was going to be coming back. But yeah. right now it seems like it's a little bit more questionable than thought. And I'd be very, very surprised if you're going to be seeing Chris Livingston coming back to school as well. I think that he's got – relatively good prospects as well so there's a lot of question marks when it comes to Kentucky and how much do you think some of these teams like a Kentucky like Illinois who we were talking about a little bit before even a team like a Texas have been hamstrung with what they've been able to do in the transfer portal just waiting for these decisions because I've noticed that Kentucky has brought in as many transfers as you and I that would be a big giant Mm -hmm. zero at this point and I feel like there are a lot of schools that have been for lack of a better term just in wait-and-see mode with these, and they just haven't been able to get out there and scour the transfer portal because they're waiting to see how many open roster spots slash scholarships they have. I mean, I do think Kentucky believed that Antonio Reese was going to return. I think everybody did. But at this point, would you really blame him if he doesn't want to come back? Because he's not going to get the ball as much as he probably wants to. And if he ends up transferring, he's going to want to play a bigger role. He's probably going to shoot the ball less than he did this year because they needed a guy that was able to shoot the ball. They're going to have a lot of guys that want to shoot the ball. They did not have guys that were willing to shoot the ball last year. When you had a guy like Sabir Wheeler, he's not shooting the basketball. Now you have three young guards who are going to want to get shots up and get them up often. Reeves ends up staying in the draft. I think he has a chance to stick around for a little bit and then go make money overseas or something. But if he stays in school and ends up transferring, that wouldn't surprise me either. And he would be one of the more highly touted names in the portal. But if I'm Kentucky, I mean, I just start going after whatever is still there. I mean, even if you want to go after Caleb Love, why not? Let it fly. Just find somebody. And those are probably the words that Caleb Love has tattooed on his body. Let it fly. Those are the words he lives by. But uh, Kentucky needs to go find something quickly because I'm not a fan of this roster. I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. Even if Sheboy comes back, I think they're a borderline top 25 team. I'm really weary on teams that are just loaded with young guards because they're not, they're going to want to keep playing AAU ball. They're not going to get ready to acclimate to the college game for a while. 
that takes time. So I'm really worried about how this Kentucky team is going to look in the early stretch of the season. Yep, I'm right there with you. I do think that Kentucky needs to add something in the transfer portal, just be able to give themselves a little bit of a veteran presence. Uh, We're in wholehearted agreement there. And I've got to ask you about this team as well, because I felt like one of the bigger NBA draft decisions, that happened a few days ago with Kevin McCullough deciding that he was going to come back to Kansas. I wouldn't say that was the most shocking development in the world, but I really like the way that Kansas has put together this roster. I can't have them overtake Duke in terms of that preseason way too early number one team or anything like that. But with Kansas, bringing in Hunter Dickinson is good. Nicholas Simberlake, I don't think he's going to be a super massive impact guy or anything like that, but he's able to pop some threes. That's going to be solid for them. But I take a look at with this Kansas team, just overall bringing back a guy like a Kevin McCuller who has a lifeblood for them on defense. I think that they're going to be one of the more stout teams at all of college basketball. And I think that they've got a chance to really be able to make some noise. I agree. The big thing I'm curious to see is how Bill Self constructs this lineup because he can go a lot of different ways. If he just wants to sell out for defense entirely, he can kind of eliminate Timberlake from the equation, but I do not think that's the right move because you're not recruiting Nicholas Timberlake to Kansas over schools like UConn and North Carolina if you're not promising him to start. Not every school that promises a player or something will live up to it. We've seen that plenty of times, and it ends up usually leading to decommitments, but once the season starts, you can't decommit. But Kansas, they have a lot of different options. I think the best lineup for them is rolling out there with Harris, obviously, at the point. He's one of the best point guards you'll find in the country. He's Mr. Reliable. Timberlake at the two is your guy's going to shoot 40% from deep. Then you go with McCuller at the three, Adams at the four, and Dickinson at the five. That's one of the better lineups in college basketball. But where I have an issue is Dickinson, can he make an open three? Yes, he shot 40% from deep last year. Same for Harris. Culler's not a good shooter. He never has been. He probably never will be. Then you have K.J. Adams, who has never made a three in his career. Timberlake's the only player on that team I trust to make a deep shot. And the floor spacing is not going to be good. They're going to dare Dickinson Harris to show them that they can shoot 40% from deep again. There's a reason those two shot so well from deep last year, because they were low-pressure shots with not a lot of defense on them. That's going to be exactly the same thing we see this season with those two. They're not going to, they're going to be forced to make those shots because you're not going to let Dickinson get inside and work. If you can defend him outside of, if he's not going to, if he's going to be outside of 15 feet, why really defend him? Because he's probably going to let it fly and you'd rather just let him not go to work inside. So I think Kansas has a lot of potential, but I'm just curious to see how this lineup works. I'm very curious as well because I do think that Kansas, they can go a lot of different ways with it, and I do think that they're going to be very good defensively. They're not as good as you, though, Sean, because you do an amazing job taking a look at the great game of college basketball. You do an incredible job over there at the Fields of 68 Mountain West Wire, and you've got your finger on the pulse of a little bit of everything. So let the good people at home know what's all on tap for you and how people can follow along on social media and other platforms. And you can follow me on Twitter at SeanPaulCBB. That's where you'll see all my content. Sean does an incredible job taking a look at the game of college basketball and every single time he joins this podcast. Lots of tremendous insights, much like today. So big thanks to Sean for joining me right here on Cusco Soups, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. And if you have a question, comment, segment, idea, whatever you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways to be able to fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at GNN underscore one. Keep in mind, letters ZM. It mean, does not matter, so as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. The other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, you're able to fire whatever you like here on this podcast via that five star review. A big thanks once again to Sean Paul over at the Field of 68 for joining me in the last segment. And I'm thinking we're going to get our first conference preview this weekend with the Atlantic Sun. 
Had to pick out a conference with not a lot of moving parts. It's always an adventure with these early conference previews. I do more towards like the June slash July months, but we're going to get those all started and we're going to get you guys prepared for what is going to be an amazing college basketball season. And I will be with you guys every single day to get you guys set for an incredible season. The moment you get in season, picks and analysis on every single game, every single day. So I'll chat at you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.